Before the Holy Week revival, we were in a section talking about the failure of the hoper. Failure is kind of a strong word, but I include myself in that because uh, in my life, I've done a bunch of hoping. And uh, there is a place for hope. For example, uh, last Friday night, an elderly lady came through the line and she and I started dancing, and I was teasing her about, you know, we're, we're both waiting to go in the rapture. That's hope, because we have no word on this. You see what I'm saying? So there's a place for hope. Uh, but if we have word on something, well, we don't need to operate by hope. Can you see that? Jesus said, let's start off in Matthew 24, 35. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know, I've, I watched all the messages from the Holy Week revival. I think something that impacted me as much as anything is when I said, uh, heaven will pass, the heavens will pass away, earth will pass away, because it's all going to be remodeled. Peter said that the elements will melt. I'm going to pass away, you're going to pass away, the government's going to pass away, it's all going to, the dollar's going to pass away, it's all going to pass away, but the word of God will stand forever. Amen. So we have that, but we need to discipline ourselves to attach our faith to that. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1.23, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. I love the phrase, through the living and enduring word of God. In the Greek it reads, living word, zontos, logos. And this word of God lives and it lives in me. And this word of God lives, it lives in you. This living logos, the life-giving word of the living God, the life-giving word of the living God lives in us. And what has God said about this word in us? Jeremiah 1.12, we gave you last two, two Wednesdays ago. Then the Lord said unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I will hasten my word to perform it. I will hasten my word to perform it. And the Amplified says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. We're not mindful enough of this. We're simply not mindful enough of this. He says, I will hasten my word to perform it. I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. I came in from prayer this morning and I thought about this. What would it be like if, if I was in charge of healing? What would that be like? Heal my friends, I'd heal my buddies. I'd heal people I knew. See, what would be the standard? What would be the benchmark? And it, what if you were in charge of healing? So think about, from God's perspective, how could he make healing available to all and be completely fair? There has to be a standard. Can you see it? And then when I, uh, when I finished watching all the messages from the Holy Week Revival, this is what was on my mind. All he ever really wanted was for us to love him and to believe him. That's really all he ever wanted. He wanted, say it out loud, he wants us to love him, he wants us to love him 
and he wants us to believe him. You know, my, I don't know about you all, but my family was so thrilled that they, they built this Andes over here because we're familiar with Andes from Branson and Springfield. And so, but, but, and so sometimes, you know, Austin's children will be after him, you know, about going to Andes after church. So imagine, picture in your mind, my, some of my grandchildren saying to Austin, you know, Daddy, will you take us to Andy's after church? And, and Austin says, sure. What if one of them fell on the floor, rolled around, and cried and said, Daddy, I wish your word was true. I wish I could take you at your word. I, I wish your word was, I, I wish you were even worth listening to. I, I, wish, you, I wish I could go to Andy's. Oh, Daddy, can't, won't you take me to Andy's? What would you, you would think, I know we're not supposed to use this word, but you would think, let me, let me use a different phrase. You, you would think they were mentally disabled. But we do this to God all the time. I said we do this to God all the time. The Lord reminded me of this this morning. February 1990. Seven, I was preaching a crusade, camp meeting, whatever you want to call it, for missionary Bud Sickler, Mombasa, Kenya. I'm out praying one morning, and the Lord spoke to me about putting, giving the $500,000, turned into $600,000. Talked to me about giving the $500,000, put the roof on the church, because he said that's the holdup. I didn't know it at the time, but he had a businessman in Florida who had committed the concrete. That was a quarter of a million. I didn't know that. But the Lord, the Lord knew, and the Lord said, the holdup's the roof. And he said, you don't think you can do it, but he said, I'm telling you, you can do it. So, so anyway, that evening when, <clears throat> when I think it was Austin with me that trip, <clears throat> when, when I saw Bud, I told him, the Lord told me to give the money, put on the roof. I said, we're going to give the money. All right. So on my word, Bud hired the architect, hired the engineer, and ordered the steel from South Africa. Because we didn't have it. Uh, that was February. I'm not sure when Easter was. Sometimes Easter is in March. Sometimes it's in April. I'm not sure when Easter was. But when we got to the next challenge offering, I said, we're giving all of this away. And then the next time, the next time I went to preach for Bud, we took him a check for a quarter of a million dollars. And <laughs> there was a preacher on the plane, and he complained to a friend of mine, another, pre uh, another preacher friend of mine, that he, he couldn't pay his bills, but uh, Austin and I were, were flying to Mombasa to give a missionary a quarter of a million dollars. But anyway, that's beside the point. That's just kind of like an interesting side journey, you know. But I don't know about you, but the Lord never gave me no money complaining. Now, you may be, you may be the super-duper Christian exception, but the Lord never gave me a dime when I was complaining. But, uh, but anyway, the point of the story was that on my word, but hired the architect, because he had the plans. They were done, I think, somewhere in the United States. But, you know, you got to have a local architect. you got to have a local engineer. He hired that, and he ordered this, and then the architect or engineer turned around and ordered the steel out of South Africa because Kenya doesn't have any steel mills. 
and uh, on my word. And I'm a man. I said, I'm a man. So why can't we take God at his word? At thy word. Say it out loud. At thy word. At thy word. See, that's what Peter said. And that's the power. That's the juice. The day he called Peter and James and John. Master, we've worked hard all night. You ever been there? I got my hand up. We've worked hard all night and haven't caught a thing. But in the King James, it's beautiful. But at thy word. See, Jesus said, push out into the deep and let your nets down on the other side of the boat. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught a thing, but at thy word. And that's the juice. At thy word. Psalm, in Psalm 138, 2, David wrote, I will worship your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. I will praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Think about it. We have these beautiful names of God. Austin went through in one of the day sessions of the Holy Week Revival. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Mekadesh, Jehovah Sikhanu, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh. Beautiful names of God and everything they mean. But he's exalted his word above all of that. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. David said of the Lord, for you have magnified your word above all your name. He said, I will praise your name for your faithfulness. He says, I will praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. Then we have Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And Psalm 89, 34, God said through David, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. We have not done a good enough job building our lives on what God has said. And I include myself in that. Now, 2020 to 2023 should have made plain to us how safe it is to trust this living word. See, I'm I'm talking about this living word. Peter talked about a living word. It's not dead. This is not dead. This is a living word. 2020 to 2023 should have made plain to us how safe it is to trust this living word versus trusting the word of man, and including the word of princes. They're not princes, they're politicians, but in biblical language, they would be called princes. Psalm 143, Psalm 146, verse 3, do not put your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save you. You know, when you do the annual Bible reading, it's a good thing, you get a lot of revelation. But here's what you see when you get to 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. Every time, and it doesn't matter whether it's the northern ten tribes called Israel or Judah in the south. It doesn't matter. But when they were facing a foreign invasion and they looked to man, the Syrians, uh, the Egyptians, whoever, or when they hired mercenaries, 
They were whipped every time. I mean, and there's no exceptions 100% of the time. Now, the northern 10 tribes, Israel, never looked to the Lord, not one time. Well, I don't believe one time. I might have to reread that. But Judah sometimes would look to the Lord. And every time they looked to the Lord, they were saved. Now, we just covered in the Holy Week Revival, 1 Corinthians 10 says these things were written down as examples. And so, you know, I did my best. I know, I know people think I'm crazy, but I did my best to lead this church in 2020 looking to the Lord. And not one person here died of that. Amen. Looking to the Lord. And how unsafe it was to look to man. How unsafe it was to look to man. And, and I know people may be surprised, you know, that uh, I've taken hold of myself the way I have. But what happened to me was I was busy. You know, I'm building this church, planning churches, doing missions. I'm busy. But 2020 really caught my attention. And so I started following some doctors on social media that were based. And we really, we, we befriended one in Colorado. She's been a real blessing to us. But then paying attention to those MDs got me checking out other MDs that were more into prevention. I don't know about you, but I would rather not, I'd rather prevent a house fire than have a water hose after the fire gets going. And so then that led me down different paths. But it also angered me, angered me, because three years out, you know, they just ended the uh, emergency. I never had an emergency, but they just ended the, it's all about the money. But the point is, they still have never issued Three years out. Three years out. Three years out. They still have never issued any early treatment guidelines. So these people are not ignorant or stupid or incompetent. They're evil. And then this got me reading about, you know, various things. So... You know, my wife, she claims she's watching. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, she's just shocked. She's just shocked because, you know, man, I mean, I'm, I'm taking care of myself better. And because uh, this is a house of flesh, see. And I, I, I won't get another. My home pastor in Detroit taught us. You won't get another. So you got to take care of this one. Okay. So I had a discussion at the house this morning with a workman that in 15 weeks, I have made a record of everything I put in my mouth and I have monitored everything I put in my mouth. I've made a decision, a conscious decision about everything I put in my mouth and I changed my life. Okay, that's what we do when we guard our ears and our eyes. Now, Ty, you guys that were there at the power lunch, tie this back into the power lunch inside out. 
how do we change our lives? We change our lives by guarding our hearing. We change our lives by guarding what comes in these gates, our eye gates. That's how you change your life. Now, when computers first came out, I'm so old. Say, how old are you, Pastor? I remember going to a, a, a young couple's uh, event that at the church we were working at, we had a, we were, we had a young couple's class. It was too big for the church. We met in a pizza parlor. And there were these two guys got in this brand new business, brand new business, brand new business. Nobody ever heard of it. Brand new business, computers. I mean, there were computers, but not personal computers. And I remember, and oh my gosh, if only I'd bought one of those. Because now these are like collector's items. But this was one of the very first Apple computers. And it didn't do anything but play chess. <laughs> but later we found out, you know, 20, 30 years later, we found out that the first thousand or however many came off the line, Steve Jobs signed on the inside. Yeah, so what would that be worth? But anyway, but they used to say when, when PCs first came out, garbage in, garbage out. See, you don't hear that anymore, but that's true. And that's true of us. So what are we, what are we, what are we building our lives on? So some politician, God bless you. God bless you for believing in this person or that person. He says he's going to do this. And, and, you know, it's like holding out a snack for a dog. And people run over there. And they believe it. It's not going to happen. They're lying. How do you know when a politician's lying? When their lips are moving. And what's the difference between a Democrat and a Republican? The spelling. <laughs> so, I mean, we have to do our duty coming up here is at May 6th. We, we need to go and do the best we can. I'm not saying we, sh we shouldn't participate. We need to go and listen. These little elections are actually more important than the big ones because it's the little ones where you end up with the crazy judge or the crazy city, city councilman. Or, the, or how about this? School boards. All the stuff we don't pay attention to is what's huge. Okay, but I got off track on this Psalm 89, 34. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. And then Psalm 146, 3. Do not put your trust in princes. In mortal men who cannot save you. They can't save you. They can't save you. They can't save you. Not only can they not save you, they're probably going to lead you astray. They're probably going to lie to you. They're probably going to, they're probably going to, the most they're going to do is buy you a ventilator. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most they're going to do. They're not going to tell you about vitamin D. They're not going to tell you to go to the gym and get the weight off. They're not going to tell you to get, go outside and get some sunshine. They're not going to tell you any of that. But they might buy you a ventilator and then borrow the money from China to buy the ventilator and then pass the bill to your great-grandchildren. They might do that, but they're, they're not going to help you. I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. Where does my help come from? My help cometh from the Lord. So after coming through the 2023 Holy Week Revival, 
it's become apparent to me that, that what God really wanted was for us to love him and to believe him. God speaks, then sets a watch over his word. He sets watch over his word to make it good as we trust it or act upon it or take action on it. I will hasten my word to perform it. I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. And then Paul wrote in Colossians 3.16, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Oh my gosh. So not just let the word of God dwell in you, let the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms. Did you hear that this week, the psalmist? I never thought I could respect a guy less than two presidents ago, but this guy, you know, what a Freudian slip, the psalmist. I mean, how many palm readers have you got to go to to call it, instead of the psalmist, call it the psalmist? <laughs> and people believe in this person, you know. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing palms. <laughs> I can't get off it. <laughs> and, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Forgive me, Father. Hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude, with gratitude in your hearts to God. See, the word of God dwells in you in the measure you practice it. Say it out loud. The word of God, word of God dwells, in me dwells in me to the measure, to the measure that, I it. that I practice it. See, you, you, could, you, could, you can commit it to memory, but if you don't practice it, it doesn't dwell in you, and it certainly doesn't dwell in you richly. In Revelation 12, 11, it says, they overcame him, Satan he's talking about it, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word, that, that word there is logos, not rhema, that word is logos. They overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the logos of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So speaking of the overcomer, that, that logos, the, the word, logos, the, the word of God, is their testimony. That Greek logos we know is synonymous for Jesus from John 1 because John 1 tells us that Jesus is the word and the word is Jesus. And Revelation 12, 11 tells us that the saints overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony. Do you see the play on words? <laughs> by the word of their testimony. That is with Jesus' words on their lips. With, by the, they over. They, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the logos of our testimony. Not my theory, my idea, my opinion. When I say that, when I act upon the word of God and say that, when I take action on the word of God and say that, it's the logos of God on my lips. And what do you mean by that? Whatever you're believing God for. Let's take Philippians 4.19 as an example. And my God shall supply all your need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's just use that as an example. That's where we started out. In 1989, we changed our lives. We changed our lives. 
We changed our lives. You have no idea. You can't, you can't even comprehend the pressure. You cannot comprehend the pressure of giving your life to pioneer something, every nickel you have in it, and you're not making it. And you're weeks from going out. Can't imagine. So we started with Philippians 4.19. We didn't start on some advanced verse. We started on Philippians 4.19. And we just made that our reality. When I say that, Philippians 4.19, when I act upon the word of God and say that, when I take action on the word of God and say that, well, that's the word, that's the word of God. That's the logos of God. That's Jesus actually on my lips. That's the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away. But Jesus said, my words will never pass away. It is his living word, his logos word. It, it is Jesus living in me and I stand by it. That's it. That's where, I, that's where I'm headed tonight. It's, it's his word and I stand by it. And you need to know where you're sitting because I'm not veering. I'm not going one degree left or right. I'm not veering. Forget about wearing a skirt. I am not veering, not one degree, not left or right, up or down. I stand by it. See, and I've discovered this truth. There's such revelation. If I will stand with his word, he stands with me. Because remember what Jeremiah said, I'm watching over my word to perform, not my theory, not my idea, not my opinion, certainly not what some bozo politician says. I'm watching over my word to perform it. Now, I don't mean to be unkind, and I have to be careful not to, I can't even talk about what's on my mind. I don't mean to be unkind, but how many people in great peril have cried out to God on the basis of need, on the basis of fear, on, on the basis of the saints, on the basis of Mary. And there's probably a hundred different ways to cry out to God when you're afraid or when you're in peril, let's say during times of war. Let's say when your group is being hunted and put down like, like dogs. Don't you know they were all praying? Don't you know they were all praying? But the question is, what were they praying? What were they praying? See, he's not, he's, not, he's not looking out for people in peril. He's not looking out for people in distress. See, there has to be a standard by which it's fair to all. Because again, if I were in charge of healing, I would heal my friends. If you were in charge, you, you would answer the prayers of people you know. 
people over there, I don't know. I don't know about that. But the, these, these, these 15 right here, we're going to answer their prayers. So there has to be a way for God to make it available to all and fair. Just is a better word than fair. And here it is. His word. When the Son of Man returns, will he find... What's he looking for? When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? In the miracle Sunday, Easter Sunday, he commended her for her faith. He said, daughter, what did he say healed her? Daughter, thy faith hath healed thee. Go and be whole of thy plague. What's he looking for? Now, this generation is out of excuses. Because y'all actually believe somebody was going to build a wall. <laughs> it's going to be 10 feet higher, he said. It's astounding what people believe. We had this little experience. We got away. It takes me two weeks to write the Holy Week Revival. It takes me two weeks to, week to write the Week of Increase. So we got away uh, in February. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to read and, and, and know what we're sticking in our mouths. And so Sue ran to the grocery store because at that point I was just basically eating vegetables and uh, not slathered in butter and cheese, you know, like raw <laughs> vegetables. And so... Uh, she, she likes cream in her coffee, so she bought some calorie-free half and half. And, you know, it's a long way from the cabin and to go into town, and she gets back, and then she's sitting there reading while I'm studying, and I hear this like, it wasn't like a squeal, but it was like a protest, because she just, she after making the trip to the store, buying this calorie-free half and half, and driving all the way back to the cabin, then she reads... This MD heart surgeon said, there's no such thing as calorie-free half and half. <laughs> and, uh, and then, so, you know, she jumps up, goes to the refrigerator, and she's reading the ingredient label. And you've heard me say, if you can't pronounce it, you shouldn't, you shouldn't eat it. And it was all this stuff, you know, and 15 preservatives and God knows what. But I'm saying Oh, it's organic. It's calorie free. You know, it's amazing what we believe. Well, why can't we believe God? I said, why can't we believe God? Now, in 2023, if you believe that a man can lactate, you're not nuts. But if you believe the Bible... You're crazy. Can you see how they've turned this thing on its head? So now, you know, when people used to call me crazy, well, that might have been a little offensive, but actually now it's a compliment. Because now when they say you're crazy, they're saying you're the only normal dude in town. Can you see that? So I don't, I don't, I don't even, it's not even a criticism anymore. To believe God. You know, that used to be like we were out there. 
But now, I don't, I don't see it as being crazy at all. We're the least, we're the least crazy people around. Amen. And so this, this is not just a faith bubble. This is a normal bubble. This is a, this is a common sense bubble. This is a, you know, a reality bubble. And I like it. He is faithful. Man is faithless. He can be counted on. Man cannot be counted on. He is trustworthy. Man is not trustworthy. He will never fail us. Man will fail us. His word is true. Man, one out of a thousand. It's not like it was. So in his living word, it is his living word, the logos. It's living. See, this is, this is not dead. This is alive. But it's only alive. Jeremiah said, I ate, his, I, I ate your word. Well, he didn't mean he, he put it in his stomach. He meant that he meditated on the word of God and, it, and he put it in his heart. His word, his living logos, is my confession, and I maintain it. So let's go back to Philippians 4.19. And my God is meeting all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to veer off that. I'm not going to go left one degree. I'm not going to go right one degree. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to apologize for it. See, and really, in the same way, uh, you know, all of these agendas are basically an attempt to force you to coerce you to tell a lie, things that we know are obviously not true. Well, when, when you pioneer and you pastor a church, you get this pressure not from the, the world, you get this pressure not just from the world, you get this pressure from God's people. Okay, so we're using Philippians 4.19 as an example. What was the next step? Because coming up out of that gully of not enough 1989, turn in the corner, 1990, 1991. We had our needs met, but that was it. And I go to, Sue and I go to a winter Bible seminar, Kenneth Hagin Sr., the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003. And there was a, when we first started going, they were in the warehouse. Then they built a, a roller rink next to a, no. They built a gymnasium. They, they, the property they bought had a roller rink on it, an old roller rink. They built a gym next to it, and they were in there for a couple of years until they built the church. So we're in the gymnasium, and at the back of this gymnasium where the old roller rink was, there was a bank of telephones. You can't relate to this now with cell phones, but there was a bank of pay phones. And so, you know, before the service got going, I went back there, put my quarter in. You can't relate to that either. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, called the office, see if there were any messages. And the prophet of God stood up, and I heard him say, first thing he said, he said, be careful with Philippians 4.19 because you can get stuck there. And he, that was a word for me because that had nothing to do with his message, and then he didn't talk any more about it. He went on.
So I had homework. Be careful, he said, the prophet, with Philippians 4.19, because he said, you can get stuck there. So that's when I, I, did my, I came back to Arlington. I did my homework, and I found these other verses. He who gives to the poor shall act nothing. Oh, John Osteen, you couldn't go to, you could not hear John Osteen without him quoting one. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow to it. And then my, my personal favorite, you're being made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Okay, but you can't imagine the pressure over the time, over these years, to back up off it. I'm not going to back up off it. You don't like it? I could care less. I mean, I might have known you, how long have I known you? 22 years? Yeah. You don't like it? Too bad. <laughs> I'm not backing up off it. See, I love you. I'm being facetious, kind of. But <laughs> my point is, you understand my point. You can't save me. You can't heal me. You can't meet my needs. You can't heal my body. You certainly can't raise my dead, stinking corpse from the grave. So I'm going with him. Can you see that? I'm going with him. I can count on him. Can you see that? And, and what kind of human being wants me to back up off the Bible? Talk to me. What kind, and these are supposed to be Christians that have come through here over the years. What kind of person wants me to back up off the Bible? I'm not going to back up off the Bible. Amen. Yeah, but I wasn't taught that. I, look, I'm not, I'm not responsible for what you were taught. I actually had a man tell me once, this is terrible stuff. You know, when you get to be my age, you've heard it all, seen it all, done it all. He actually told me, my wife told me I didn't have to tithe. <laughs> and, then, and then he was really more offended by what I said than I said, I don't care if you tithe or not, what difference does it make to me? God's got me covered. Well, he was more offended by that because he wanted me to fall down, genuflect, grovel, back up off the Bible, apologize. I don't know what he expected, but he didn't get the response he, he thought he'd get. My response was, matter to me if you tithe. Whatever's that to make to me? My needs are met. See, there it is. And people don't like it because they can't push you around. All of my needs are met. Yeah, but I'm going to quit. All of my needs are met. Well, I'm going to stop giving my $5. Well, all of my needs are met. I'll never come back. All of my needs are met. Have I told you? All of my needs are met. And not, not bend. We're like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We will not bow and we will not bend. Now that's when God can show up. We just came through. Think about this. We just came through the biggest spring challenge offering in the history of the church, with the exception of the huge one in 2018, that was the big push, the biggest spring challenge offering in the history of the church, with the exception of 2018, and I have not taught about money since August. I haven't even talked about it. I mean, as far as teaching. See, so people get happy about that, or they get sad about that. I like to hang out with the people to get happy about that. Amen. Who would not be happy for God's house being blessed? 
Amen. See, and, and we actually had a banker sit upstairs. Was that here at the last place? Said that he had never seen a church where all the money came in to special offerings. Was that here at the last place? That was here? The last place. Yeah, it all comes in. See, because I teach the Bible. Amen. See? So when, when people say, they, they might be late. I get it. Because, you know, when you swing for the fences, it, it might take an extra few months to believe it in. I get it. I do. But, he, but it all comes in over time. It all comes in over time. It all comes in. You know why it all comes in? Do you know why it all comes in? Do you know why it all comes in? Because I just said so. See, but now there could be a guy down the road say, man, these people ain't no count. They ain't no good. You know, their word's no good. They're unfaithful. See, then he gets the result of, he gets the fruit of his mouth. I say it all comes in. So what happens? It all comes in. <laughs> it can't be that simple. Well, it is. 1 John 5, 14, 15. This is the confidence. Everybody shout confidence. confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, oh, there's the problem. How in the world can we, how could we possibly know the will of God? Uh, let's see, a Ouija board, uh, a say, going to a palmist. Uh, <laughs> How could, how could we know, how could we find the will of God? How in the world, I mean, how could we possibly know the will of God in this life? How, I wonder how we could find the will of God. That's the way people act. It's nonsense. How do we know the will of God? We know the will of God by the word of God. That's why he gave us his word. And think about the effort it took. Think about the effort from Job, the oldest book in the Bible, all the way through the epistles. Think about the effort it took God to speak to all of that variety of people over thousands of years and, and the, to make sure it was all preserved and all of the scrolls and, and to, to get it codified into the Old Testament, then the New Testament. Think about the effort. So we would have it. So we would have it. And think about how blessed we are. Think about how blessed we are. Because in Jesus' day, you realize, in Jesus' day, nobody had, had a Bible, and only the rich, the rich could have afforded scrolls. This was a lot of money because they were hand-copied. And so to hear the Word of God, in Jesus' day, you had to go to synagogue. That's the only way you could have ever heard the Word of God, unless you were rich and rich enough to have... Genesis through Malachi hand copied for you we take all this for granted now we have it everywhere see and and Bud Sickler you could never be around Bud Sickler without Bud talking about how that uh, this gospel shall be published to all the earth throughout all the earth well it is right now that's why I expect his imminent return because online on every smartphone in the world Everywhere, every iPad, everywhere, the gospel has been published. Amen. Everywhere. Now, I know there are some countries that uh, limit internet access. They're trying to do what this government did the last few years. 
you know, limit your access to information. But the gospel's been preached. Did you know, did you know we get, did you know we get emails from Dubai on a regular basis? Did you know that? Did you know from the Middle East? Did you know that the gospel is being preached all over the world? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the confidence. Everybody shout confidence. confidence. This is the, you're without excuse because you believe they, he'd build the wall. We're not going to have any better results. We're not going to have any better a life. We're not going to be any more successful and prosperous. And we're not going to be any healthier than the person in whom we have put our faith. So I've, I suggest, I humbly suggest, go to the top and forget the rest. Amen? Amen. This is the confidence. Shout confidence. confidence. We have an approaching God that if we ask anything according to his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, see we have, if we'll go to God on the basis of his word, Jeremiah said, I'm watching over my word. I'm not watching over your theories, your ideas, your opinions. I'm, I'm watching over my word. And so I make it my habit now. My, my prayer life's been evolving for decades. It's evolving again. I, I'm, I'm 90 minutes, I would imagine out of 90 minutes, at least 60 minutes of it is me telling him what his word says. Because if, if, I, get the, if I get the logos, I'm covered. If I get the logos, all of my needs are met. I'm being made rich. Jesus took up my infirmities and bore my diseases. That, that's covered. With his stripes I have been healed. That's covered. What can I do without if I get his word? All I need is Jesus. All I need is him. Can you see that? And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, make the motion and shout it. Whatever we ask. Again, Whatever we, Whatever we ask. Act like you're crazy. Whatever we, Whatever we ask. That's a big promise. I said, that's a big promise. Yeah, but how can he do that? Because it is, if we approach him, if we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything according to his word, that's how he can promise that. Because when you veer outside the word, he doesn't even hear you. So if we ask anything in accordance with his will, if we ask anything in accordance with his word, he hears us, whatever we ask. And we know, and we know, and we know we're not hoping, we're not wishing, we're not thinking, we're, you know, we're not fixing to, we're not any of those. We know that we have what we ask of him. Amen.